With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz 391 in the house. Oscar Lopez here will be joined for the two-hour extravaganza by the salty one, Mackenzie Brooks, uh, the ex-league insider, Nate Ward, in the second hour. Plus, we have backseat coach, a.k.a. Mark Simone, coming in here to give us the lowdown on the international scene from Germany, Queens in the Netherlands, uh, the Czech Republic, plus the playoff scene in the Super Series in Sweden. So we'll dive into that in about an hour uh, with Mark Simone and Mackenzie uh, Brooks. Plus, uh, the last 30 minutes we're going to devote to the NFL uh, in terms of week this past week, week two, plus preview week three in terms of the competitions. Plus, we'll also have Holly's Corner in terms of her NFL uh, perspective. Uh, we're going to dive into college football, as we always do at the first uh, 15 minutes of the, uh, of the hour. Uh, we're going to dive into the college scene that happened this past week. Really uh, awesome, and who better to talk about it than, obviously, Holly Custis, so let's dive into that. Welcome back to Holly's Corner. Here are some of the most interesting results in college football from the weekend. Number one, Alabama 31, number 11, Florida 29. This was a great game. Florida seemed to expose the Alabama run defense at times with smart zone reads and smart decisions by Florida quarterback Emory Jones. Florida ended the game with 245 yards on the ground. Credit Florida, who fell in the hole early in the first half, but fought back to make it interesting. Number three, Oklahoma 23, Nebraska 16. Nebraska made this one interesting. Even though they lost, it was a good showing, and because it was close, Oklahoma dropped in the AP poll. They're very talented, but at times they can seem to be inconsistent. Number six, Clemson 14, Georgia Tech 8. Boy, if you were Clemson, you have to be a little worried. DJ only throws for 126 yards in this game. The offense was stagnant for most of the middle of the game. Only a fourth and goal stop by the still strong defense saves the win. Can Clemson get their offense going? Number 10, Penn State 28, number 22, Auburn 20. This was a solid win for Penn State. Sean Clifford throws for 240 yards, two TDs, and one pick. This was an evenly matched game, but Penn State held on as they eyed the opening top of their conference with a lot of competition for that spot. Fresno State 40, number 13, UCLA 37. I told you guys Fresno State was for real. They tackle really well, and Heiner is a smart quarterback. UCLA got behind early, but a couple of late Fresno turnovers got them back ahead. It was heroics by Heiner that put Fresno State over the top at the end. As long as he is healthy, this might be a 10-win team. This was a tough loss, on the other hand, for UCLA, 
but the Pac-12 South is still in play, and they have definitely shown they have improved since last year. Number 23, BYU, 27. Number 19, Arizona State, 17. This was another great start to the year for BYU. They play a disciplined brand of football. Uh, the quarterback call is not Zach Wilson, but he's still solid. This was definitely a fun game to watch as BYU got up, but ASU closed the gap late. Michigan State, 38. Number 24, Miami, 17. Miami gets exposed a bit in this game. Derek King threw a couple of picks, and they couldn't run the ball well. Meanwhile, the Spartans moved the ball at will. A disappointing start to the season for Miami, which had high hopes coming into this year. So the the scene here is basically, um, you know, all no team in the top ten lost. So to Holly's point, my UCLA Bruins really in, did not uh, come to play against Fresno State, which they should have. So number one, Alabama Crimson Tide looked mortal in their trip to the swamp, the Gators, and that was that was pretty good for them to kind of get back in the swing of things. Then you had Auburn, who made the SEC's first visit to the Big Ten in about I don't know 90 years from when I gather from my notes. Um, so he earned the conference win against Penn State. Uh, so at this point, both Clemson and Ohio State, all they could you know got what they could handle unranked uh, at this point. So the power rankings. Uh, as before we go into week four here, uh, we're also going to have today uh, WNFC Ownership of the Year, the Florida Avengers, and we're going to have uh, head coach Todd Jones and Kim Phillips, also as quarterback uh, in the previous incarnation of the team. So uh, Florida Avengers in the house here in about 10 minutes in the Monkey Knife Fight huddle, uh, and they were the 2021 WNFC Ownership uh, uh, Ownership of the Year and they are recognized by the WNFC. So we'll dive into Coach uh, Todd Jones and Kim Phillips in a couple minutes here. So Alabama, number one, uh, no no surprise there. Uh, they obviously beat Florida, as uh, Holly just alluded to. So there are there are a couple tied flaws where there was a you know bad defense, lackluster offensive line, undisciplined play, as, as she mentioned. So there's issues there that probably need to be kind of corrected. Uh, number two, Georgia. So a week ago, um, you know, uh, Stenson Bennett tying a school record with five touchdown passes and a 56-7 to route of UAB, which is not Alabama. On Saturday, it was DJ at Daniels' time as the dog started quarterback returned to the lineup and passed for 303 yards and three touchdowns to lead Georgia to a 40-13 romp over South Carolina. So there's uh, number two, Iowa Hawkeyes at number three. I'm pretty sure McKenzie is going to have something to say about it when she comes in here. But Iowa's offense shows up. The Hawkeyes are a playoff contender. They gained 440 yards, put up 30 points on Kent State, and it was more than enough for the Iowa defense to sack the uh, Golden Flashes QB a crumb seven times. So there it is, Iowa number three. Who would have thought that? And then you have Oregon uh, Oregon Ducks. Some time for the Ducks to pull away from Stony Brook, but they'll happily take a 48-7 to win, wrapped up the non-conference schedule undefeated. Uh, starting quarterback Anthony Brown completed 14 of 18 for 159 with a TD before Coach uh, Cristobal was able to get important reps for both Thompson and Butterfield. So uh, Oregon right there, number four. Penn State, Neaton Lions. few teams have been tested through the first three games more than the Lions, who own one-score wins over Wisconsin on the road and Auburn at home. So quarterback Clifford had only four incomplete passes on 32 attempts and really found a uh, receiver Dotson, the best player on the field against Auburn. 
78 yards and a touchdown, 22-yard pass, 16-yard punt return. So Penn State at number five. And creeping in, number six, the Bearcats at 3-0. and Cincinnati couldn't get anything going offensively in the first half against Indiana. The Hoosiers defense frustrated quarterback Desmond Ritter was only 10 of 19 for 94 yards and one interception. Uh, targeting penalty on Indiana gave the Bearcats a little momentum late in the first half. And Cincinnati, Cincinnati was able to cut the uh, score to 14-7 going into the break. Uh, that sparked them as they scored 28 points in the second half to earn the victory. The Cincinnati stays undefeated after beating a good Big Ten team 38-24 on the road. Texas A&M, the Aggies had a convincing 34-0 win over New Mexico and saw the defense keep the Lobos all check all game. A&M quarterback Casalza uh, threw for 275 and three touchdowns running back. Spiller went over the 100-yard mark and had a rushing touchdown as well. So this was a good bounce-back game for the Aggies after an underwhelming performance uh, over Colorado in the previous week, 10-7. to The Sooners come in at number eight. It wasn't exactly a game of the century, but the Sooners showed a little defensive muscle when the offense wasn't quite sharp, as Lincoln Riley put it. There was also an incredible play of the year worthy an interception by Graham of, of Adrian Martinez has stopped a Nebraska drive at the three. The Sooners had 10 tackles for a loss, five sacks, and held Martinez to 34 yards and 17 carries, about 50 yards below his uh, 2021 average in rushing. Uh, they held the Huskers to just 95 yards rushing overall. Um, so it was a good performance by the Sooners. They are undefeated still. Florida Gators, when it came down to it, Florida was, uh, was a missed extra point away from taking down Alabama in overtime. So that was really impressive. Well, that might be, uh, you know, something of a hope, but the Gators who give the tide a fight, especially after trailing 21-3 to early in the game, Alabama on the ground rushing for 258 yards and four touchdowns. Solsi took been away at the lead, and it put itself in a position to tie with a two-point attempt. Ultimately, they lose 31-29, but uh, they are 2-1 and in there. So Clemson, as Holly um, has alluded here, took much longer than expected. Uh, nearly two and a half hour rain delay, and that simple fact that it wasn't supposed to be much of a game at all, but Clemson eventually survived a stiff, frustrating test from Georgia Tech. The Yellow Jackets actually outgained the Tigers 309 to 285, held onto a spotty Clemson offense to just 4.3 yards per play. So there you go. So we're going to dive into the next weekend here, and she's going to give us the rundown in terms of week four in Holly's Corner. Here we go. Here are the matchups to look for in college football this coming weekend. Number 12, Notre Dame at number 18, Wisconsin. This is an interesting matchup as Jack Cohn from Notre Dame visits Wisconsin, where he transferred from. Notre Dame has not looked that great this year, and Wisconsin likes to play in the trenches. Look for a low-scoring and gritty game. Number 7, Texas A&M at number 16, Arkansas. Arkansas is the up-and-coming team in the SEC, but this would be a good road win for the Aggies, who are looking to add some style points to their resume and a statement win. Meanwhile, the Razorbacks are trying to prove that they are for real. Number nine, Clemson at NC State. This is a road test for a Clemson team that can't move the ball well. Can DJ smooth out the rhythm of the offense, or is this the point that Clemson gets their second loss and it knocks them out of the playoff conversation? Number 24, UCLA at Stanford. Don't look now, but Stanford has recovered from their first week loss. Tanner McKee has stepped in at quarterback in the last two weeks, and the offense has looked more like classic Stanford. This is an easy letdown game for UCLA, who has to be disappointed. They have no time to wallow, though, because Stanford is physical. Rutgers at number 19, Michigan. 
Rutgers is 3-0 for the first time since 2012 and has put some points on the board. A win against a solid Michigan team would put them on the map in the conference. Michigan, on the other hand, is looking their chops since Ohio State dropped a, lot, a loss last week, but they have a long way to go. And to her point of the Fighting Irish, uh, you know, they have something to prove here. They're going to be going up against uh, Gonson, uh to battle, a pretty good battle here. So um, they should be able to um, compete with each other here. So won't be much time to get uh, better for next week's uh, opponent at Soldier Field in Chicago. So, uh, you know, they're 3-0 and start there. But uh, to her point, Wisconsin could surprise here uh, in terms of getting out of the block there. Arkansas, she's talked about here, uh, as she talks about with uh, Texas A&M. So ranked for the first time since 2016, the Razorbacks assured they would stay in the polls for another week, jumping out to an early 14-0 to lead on Georgia Southern, cruising to a 45-10. to The Hogs nearly tripled the Eagles' yardage. 633 and 233, and K.J. Jefferson made the most of his 23 passing yards, completing 13 of 30, 366 yards and three scores, including a third-quarter strike of 60 yards to Thompson and to Burt. So this one was an easy, and it was supposed to be, and now the focus moves on to a week four battle uh, with Texas A&M. So that's going to be pretty uh, uh, one of the games to look forward to. Uh, Clemson against NC State, will there be a letdown? Uh, against NC State? That's the question. Will my Bruins rebound at this point, or are they going to make it 0-2, getting beat by Fresno, and then getting actually beat by Stanford? So that's not going to be good for any of them. So we'll see, uh, you know, what the outcome will be. Rutgers against Michigan, that's another one that we'll keep an eye on. So uh, thanks to Holly's Corner for giving us the uh, recap on the first week, uh, which is the – and then giving us the week four – the uh, week four uh, preview. So if you want to go to the hub, you got everything there at the hub. You got uh, everything fantasy, uh, fantasy football uh, insights. Uh, we have also recaps from the NFL this weekend, college football insights for this past week, uh, recapping this past week. Also uh, previewing week four for the college football, if you're a betting guy or if you're just inclined to do fantasy football or if you're over at Monkey Knife Fight, you can do college, college football as well. So monkeyknifefight.com, uh, and then you can use the code NJF. Get started there. NFL on Thursday nights, Sunday nights, and Monday nights. Simple props. You can do uh, basically a free $5 play. You can make up to $15 if you're inclined, and you're good at props. You can also make up to $90 if you put in $30. If you mean, and if you're really good, you can put in $300 and make about $900. So head over to Monkey Knife Fight, use the code NJF, get signed up today, and that's our sponsor. Help support us keep uh, the message alive of women's American football on the air and uh, been doing it for a long time. So check it out, monkeyknife5.com. Use the code NJF. And we're going to go into the Monkey Knife Fight huddle, and we're going to be talking to uh, owners and head coaches, Todd Jones and Kim Phillips, of the WNFC 2021 Ownership of the Year team. That would be the Florida Avengers is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Knife Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Go to Monkey Knife Fight right now, sign up, use the code NJF. Uh, some terms apply, uh, U.S. and Canada only. So check it out, monkeyknife5.com, use the code NJF. And let's bring in uh, Coach Todd Jones and Kim Phillips 
into the mix here on in the Mikey Knife Fight Huddle. Uh, how you guys doing today? Doing Pretty fine. good. How are you doing? How you guys doing? Good. How you doing, Kim? I'm awesome. Can't complain at you're, all. You're awesome. No complaints. <laughs> yeah. No complaints. No. Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, it was a great season for the Avengers, kicking off a new, you know, new new year for you guys, brand new uh, WNFC, you know, year two. So this is really, really exciting. Uh, all games streamed on Vire Network. So Coach Jones, probably never, we've never seen that in our entire time in women's football. So it actually happened. All games streamed. That's true. That's. Uh... I know a lot of people have been working hard uh, behind the scenes trying to make that happen, and, uh, and they brought it together, and, and we were super happy to be a part of it. Yeah, Kim, uh, I mean, you've been in, in football for a very long time. Uh, this was just the first, and it's kind of a, a great thing because now uh, the news came out that uh, virus committed through 2026, which is awesome. Yeah, that's um... – you're right. I have been in for a long time, um, and since uh, '99. So this is the very first time that anything like this has ever happened for me as a as a, a female football player, uh, for anybody that I know of. But uh, this is uh, awesome, and I I really thank the guys at Byron Network and then all the staff in the WNFC for doing all the work that they've been doing um, behind the scenes and and helping us to get there. So let's uh, let's get into it in terms of 2021, uh, Coach. Uh, both of you guys were coaching the team, from my understanding. You guys were, you know, head coach or assistant coach. Uh, Kim, you've played quarterback before in the past, but now you're more of a, a coaching role. So uh, let's start with you, Kim. Has this this change in terms of the owner slash head coach? Has that changed for you at this point, uh, being in the WNFC versus being in any other league prior to this? Uh. Yeah, I mean, um, prior to this, I was uh, a player, and and now I am going to take on more of a role as a coach. Um, last year was probably it was my last year um, as a as a actual player. So now I'm going to transition over to a coaching role and help out Coach Todd and um, help build a winning a winning team. Kim, what's it, what's going to be like for you? Uh, is it something that you've done before, or is this something brand new for you in terms of the transition to head coach, or is it just going to be more responsibility and more focus on the coaching side now? Um, I the first year I um, I coached for one year, but I also I ended up playing out of necessity that year, and then after that, when Coach Todd came over. Um, I just I wanted to play some more, so he agreed to to help take on the, the coaching role and um, so that I could play. But now I've got a couple of years under my belt uh, as quarterback, and um, now it's just time for me to transition over and be a coach, uh, solely a coach, and and not a, a a player coach. And we we see that now in terms of players with your tenure. You know now everybody's basically going to that that next step and we really need that because if we're going to transition to supporting the sport we got to have more female coaches involved right more female coordinators everybody so that you can relate to the players as well not so much that the, the male uh, 
uh, coaches can't. But it just it's kind of nice to have the females on the sidelines as well, uh, coaching. Yeah, absolutely. It's um it's good to have female coaches. Um, I'm all for mixing it up and having male and female coaches because um, we all have a lot to bring to the table and to teach the ladies. Um, you know, um, we all have a lot to learn uh, from a football standpoint. And someone like me, it's it's I've been playing for a long time. It's time to to uh, mentor and and grow uh, the younger players so that they can come up and they can have their time to shine on the football field and, and to show their stuff. All right, um, Coach Jones, uh, you've been in the sport for a long time. Um, it, it what makes the WNSC different than any anywhere else you've coached in women's tackle football? Well, number one, uh, pretty obvious, the, the standard that the WNFC holds, um, you know, it's a professional standard, and that's behind the scenes, that's front office, uh, on-field operations. Everything has to be done in a certain manner and in a professional manner. Um, that's the biggest thing. The level of competition is, you know, all the teams are well-coached. The players are good. Um, it's run like it needs to be run. That's that's probably my biggest um, appreciation for what they do is the standard that they hold all the teams to, the players, the owners, um, all staff members. You know, there's a there's a high um, uh, threshold that you have to stay above, you know, to to uh, remain as part of what they're doing. Coach Jones. Uh... Business-wise, is this something that you kind of take in? Because we've never had that before. We had a recreational mindset, maybe show up, not show up, no commitment. There was just certain teams that had that relaxed mode now. And it looks like when, you're, when you you know, came into the WNFC or resurfaced, as they say, or just a brand-new branding team that you guys were, it, it, you guys stood out in the, in the Atlantic division uh, because of that, you know, some of the coaching and, and put your efforts in. So roster-wise, you guys played pretty well all season. So what do you credit in terms of the change for you guys to come into this year and, and kind of like showcase yourselves to the league in, in terms of your brand year one? I think, uh, you know, a lot of leadership, of course, from the WNFC uh, kind of holding our hand, helping us along. Um, but mainly our experience between uh, Kim, Rocky, we call her Rocky, um, you know, our experiences with other teams, kind of learning the ways, you know, and it was uh, learning things that we liked, things we didn't like. And uh, really my business sense, you know, uh, being an entrepreneur and, and having several businesses in the past, I kind of um, thrived in that uh, realm. So that made it easy to get things set up, get things rolling. It was a lot of hard work, but the help we had, uh, behind the scenes, getting everything done was phenomenal. And like I say, I can't say enough about the the leadership at the WNFC on on uh, pointing us in the right direction. Number one, give us a, an opportunity, but always holding us to a high standard, but always picking us up and giving us encouragement. Kim, in terms of rostering um, in your area, there's obviously other teams in the area in Florida. There's plenty of teams in Florida. Um, do you think this this off season is going to really, you know, basically be a better pitch for you guys? I talked to the other teams before. You know, the fact that this is a national league, 
fact that this is, you know, uh, internationally viewership. Now you got a commitment to 2026. I mean, if you're a player and you want to be spotlighted at one of the highest platforms, this is now pretty much the highest platform in terms of visibility. Yeah, definitely. I think that um, I think that not only do we have Vire Network, but we also have Rydell and Adidas um, behind us and uh, several other sponsors. Um, I, I think that we have in a year proven that we are the best. Um, and I'm not being pompous. I'm just saying I, I think that we built an organization in, in a year that – that and and don't get me wrong i think that in covid covid's terrible but during that time it gave us time to build to keep building to to talk to people to get sponsorships and to get the word out there that the avengers were coming and then when we finally got to play we had a great product to put on the field a great showcase when at our venue um and that was just the beginning and so anybody that's out there that wants to play is going to look at that, and we're going to be the more the more attractive team. Um, so I, I'm pretty confident in that. Coach Todd, um, in terms of uh, recruitment and rostering, that's always been a problem with certain franchises to maintain. Um, you know, I've I've seen from 2019 to you know to this past season, uh, the leadership isn't scared to not bring back a team that is not going to be fully committed, fully rostered, or not fully business-minded. Uh, so I think it's refreshing to see in women's tackle football because in the past it's like we just we have the teams and that's it. You, the team is there. If it forfeits, it forfeits. But the fact that you're, you're holding somebody accountable to, even, uh, to a full-season commitment if, and can you make it, I think that's more refreshing, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Um, you know, and that goes back to that standard that I mentioned earlier. Uh, what the WFC um, holds all the teams to, um, you know, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna grow something into what it should be, you first got to start acting that way. You can't just wait for everything to to come about one day and then start acting like a professional organization. Um, it, it's got to start now, you know, um, and that's what they uh, held us all to. And, and, and still hold us to. I still get messages tonight of things that, you know, we have, we're expected to do for the tryout coming up. And, um, you know, and that is refreshing. Like you say, it is refreshing that uh, things are held to a, a standard and, uh, and there's always help there if we need it. Kim, uh, you, you got a background in the whole sport. Uh, you got, basically knowledge as a player. Now you got, you know, history behind you. Um, you got brand new, brand new uh, team that you're showcasing in one of the, part of the biggest states in the country. Uh, and you're up there right there in that big Metro section, which is Jacksonville um, in that section. So, you know, your expectations for you in, in 2022, is it, is it to put the Avengers on the map at this point in the Atlantic? Oh yeah, definitely. We're, um, I just expect to to build the organization more, to to gain more athletes, um, to uh, hone our all of our coaches, and um, if we need to add anybody, um, we'll do that. But I just expect to build the organization even more. Um, uh, we've got a, a pretty good foundation now, and I think that um, being where we are in in Jacksonville. 
Um, I think we can attract a lot of players from all over Florida, um, if if not even other states, people that are moving to Florida. So um, I, I'm just excited about where we started, what we built in the year, and where we're going to go. Yeah, and, it, and and the reason I want to bring you guys on is because this is a, a recognition by the the league uh, wide in terms of you know you guys being ownership of the year, and it says a lot. So, what does that mean to you when you you know you were told, hey, you guys were honored as the franchise of the year, basically in terms of you know that that's both logistics, rostering, you know everything in terms of a business sense, and everybody considered you guys uh, you know the best you know, franchise in the WNST for, for this past year. Yeah. Well, you know, when it was announced first, I didn't know there was any kind of award like that. Um, we went to support the WNFC, you know, get to meet everybody, put faces with names and, and uh, just enjoy the, the entire weekend. And then when they announced that, uh, I was literally floored. I was, my jaw dropped. I was like, what? Like, did I hear that right? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, come on, come on. Um, it meant everything. For all the hard work for the almost two years we were at it, you know, uh, and we struggled on the field a lot, of course, being an uh, expansion franchise. Um, but everybody worked so hard. I was just – that probably meant more than anything that could have happened at that point. It was just – I felt like all the hard work that everybody put in – was recognized and uh, and just totally did not expect it. Cam, did you expect it at that point at the at the announcement? <laughs> no, I was no. Lord, you know, um, we've we've had a lot of support and a lot of people working behind the scenes for us. And um, Coach Coach Todd has done a lot a lot of work, and um, it's really it, it was an ownership award, but really it's even more than that because. We had so many people with their hands in the pot helping us do the things that needed to be done, um, giving us guidance. Um, it was amazing. And, no, I had absolutely no clue that that was going to happen. <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys deserve it because I know you guys worked your butts off. And the Atlantic Division is so tough, um, you know, just to get through with it. Uh, Coach Jones, when you look at the Atlantic Division in your eyes, I mean, you got Philly, Alabama, you know, Atlanta, you got the big dogs, Texas. I mean, it's the East Coast is pretty stout in terms of good quality teams, like you said. And this is this is a it's going to be pretty interesting in 2022. Who's going to be challenging the champs, and who's going to be at that level to challenge the champs? And hopefully, that'll be you guys. Yeah, we hope so. We hope to build, you know, keep building and, and improve our uh, football on the field uh, as we improve our. Uh, organization off the field um, you're right you're absolutely right the Atlantic division is tough I mean it is tough from the word go uh, Mississippi's got a good thing going out there and uh, of course up in uh, uh, Washington you know they're just all the teams in the east are really good I mean you got to bring your a game every game and and like I said earlier they're so well coached it's you got to be you got to be right, you know. Um, looking forward to it. Absolutely looking forward to, to what we can see if we can up our game, step our game up, you know. It's like the, the league motto, step up your game. And, Coach, uh, now that you get, like, the actual 
you know, full game stream access as before you had to get huddle or you had to look for something on YouTube or anything like that. Now it's pretty much front and center. So you, you have no surprises coming into uh, versus an opponent, just like the, uh, the opponent doesn't have any surprises coming to see you. So it's pretty vivid in terms of, you know, who's going to, who's going to stand out and it's going to be roster. It's going to be athleticism from certain players. It's going to be, you know, your playbook is going to be the difference, but uh, you know, I think that in itself like us media people, it kind of excites us that a week-to-week battle could be a, a such close-knit battle that it goes down to the wire, uh, either offensively high-scoring or a defensive, just you know, smash football. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, with each year, you know, the athletes, the women are getting better and better at the game of football. You know, they're. They're learning, you know, getting the coaching they need. And, and of course, the more reps you get, game reps you get, and uh, plus the practice reps, you just get better and better at the game of football. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing there's, there's a in the way women play football today than they did 10 or 15 years ago. Um, and like you say, with the film access, uh, there's no more secrets. Everything's – it's just like uh, Division One football, college football, and NFL – you know, they they know everything, every tendency, everything's on film, and that's the way it's going to be for us. Kim, does it excite you at this point that the next generation, we're talking about five years from now, six years from now, we get we might get an opportunity for one of, some of these players to get paid? Pretty exciting times, don't you think, in, in terms of what's being built? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's um, all my career I've thought, I, I, you know, I really never thought that I would, I would get to see that point, but now the vision is it's much closer than what I've ever thought it could be. Um, I guess in my lifetime is what I'm saying, but I mean, I, I truly believe that women can get played, paid to play football and women should get paid to play football. Um, and thankfully, thanks, thankfully the WNFC has put us in a position um, where we are very close to that actually happening, um, and um, it's exciting. I, I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing the level of athletes. It, it, it'll the level of athleticism will be raised for for the women, and um, it, it's going to be it's an exciting time. I I really think that that's going to be the key to get us to that next level, especially with sponsorships and TV deals and awareness. I think that's going to be the key for it. Uh, Coach Jones, uh, the roster that you guys set out this year, um, can you speak to a couple key players that were obviously, you know, impactful for the Avengers in 2021? And are they coming back at this point? Do you know? Have they decided that yet? Yeah, I think uh, most of our core players are coming back. We have some that, you know, either retired, you know, like like Rocky herself, uh, um April DeWald, she uh, moved up to Atlanta, and she this was her last year. She retired. She'd been playing a long time, too. Um, definitely impact players. Um, we've got some, some new players that, um, you know, one offensive lineman, Kenneth Stafford, that uh, played left tackle for us. And, you know, she made all pro and a really good player. So natural, it's kind of amazing that uh, it was her first year playing football. So, you know, good to see where she's going to go how good she's going to get. Uh, you know, Ashley Lance, 
uh, one of our captains. Uh, she's really good uh, on the defensive side. You know, gosh, there's so many good defensive players. Uh, there's a couple that we're still waiting to see if they're going to come back, you know, because they're veterans and, and uh, you know, we're kind of giving them the off season and, and let them take some time. So, um, yeah, you know, Brianna Haynes is a, uh, a good, solid tight end for us. Uh, and we expect to get a couple more tight ends coming in. Uh, and like Rocky said, or, or Kim said earlier, um, you know, having some people move in from out of state that want to come play for us, uh, some people in South Georgia, because uh, we're close enough there for those players too. Is it going to be uh, a, a focus off season? Because we got tryouts October 2nd. Are you guys going to do any more tryouts after the nationwide tryouts at this point, Kim? Do you anticipate you're going to do more than, um, you know, a couple tryouts after the national tryouts? Yes, we will. We'll we'll do a couple more. Um, you know, at, it'll be predicted by um, w- what we need, basically. But we typically mm-hmm. have more than just a national tryout. We'll have one or two in addition to the national tryout day. All right. Um, since you guys are in Jacksonville, uh, there's a lot of teams, uh, for example, the Silver Stars getting hooked up with the Raiders, you know, trying to get the NFL connection, try to, you know, do flag with them or try to do some sort of, you know, uh, clinics and things like that. Are, are you guys in that mode this year with maybe the Jaguars or anything like that? Are you guys anticipating anything like that? Yeah, I mean, any um, any opportunity we have to get, to have a connection with the NFL, um, we're going to seize that opportunity. Um, we do um, anticipate getting involved in flag football. So if we can get an NFL connection there uh, with a flag football team, we're definitely going to going to take advantage of that opportunity as well. Coach Jones, do you see that as a more of a, bi- a business business partnership? Because I, I think the average fan, uh, as to the Silver Stars' point, is they got a suite for the Raider game, which is, you know, uh, the owner is a Raider fan, of course, and so that makes it nice for both ends. But I think if you get hooked up with the Gorilla in some format, either going to the games, you know, uh, with your uh, gear, with your logo and things like that, I think it'll bring attention to certain uh, average NFL fans that you exist in the community and that you obviously are a, a team also in the community. Right, I agree. Um yeah, building those relationships with the existing NFL team is, uh, you know, kind of priceless. If, if you can get in the door and make the right connections and, and uh, make those kind of things happen, you know, with the Jaguars, we're dealing with a whole new staff uh, and coaching and, and, and a lot of new front office people. So it's just, uh, you know, cracking that door open and, and, and getting those relationships um, started. I really think that that's going to be key uh, for the WNFC to get noticed even more, you know, by the, by the NFL in general and in uh, the product itself. It's going to be viable. Um, and you guys have seen it over time, right? You've got men's leagues that come and go with big money backing. They, they have no sustainability. So I, I really think that this is where you guys as owners and the WNFC leadership is really focused on year to year and making sure everything is elevated one year at a time to a, to a bigger scale. So hopefully we're, you know, TV networks are going to realize that this is a valuable product and it's got value. I, I think that's the, the end goal is for us to, somebody else to see value in it. Right, Kim? 
Oh, absolutely. We um, we can't. We have to. We have to move forward and look for those relationships to to get with the the NFL to bring, um, to help get get us recognized. So, I mean, that's definitely something that's very valuable um, to us. And as we grow, we're going to branch out and wherever we can touch, we will. Uh, as long, you know, wherever we can touch that's in a positive way, we will. Coach Jones, uh, you know, Florida, big college uh, town, big college environment, uh, big high school environment there, too. Uh, you think there's opportunities for you guys to kind of dive into that college scene, too, and get maybe get noticed in terms of that you're in town? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've talked about, you know, just on the recruiting side, some of the college athletes. You know, we've got some smaller colleges here in town that um, – probably a lot of athletes that would love to be playing football. They just don't know about it. But, uh, you know, with our brand and recognition, maybe some of those things are coming. Um, you know, so, yeah, I agree. That uh, That's just some more of that networking that, that uh, we're doing. Uh, and maybe we can open up even more doors that way. All right, guys. I'm very impressed with the unis, Kim. So who came up with this uni idea for a Marvel – Marvel-like franchise in the WNFC, so very creative. Um, well, let's see. <laughs> we were sitting around the table. We had thrown out the first. The first part was to try to come up with a name uh, for our team, and um, you know, I can't remember. There was like four, three or four different names we had in the pot, um, and then once we came up with Avengers, um, you know, the color scheme just kind of. It was a natural color scheme, um, and I mean, I don't know. It just kind of fell. Coach Ty and I went around and around about the logos, you know, how, how we wanted the logo, presenting it to the league. We had to go through that about Coach Floyd about three or four times before they said, yeah. "Yes, this is good." <laughs> um, right. You know, because um, there's there it's were a, very it's a very impressive logo, by the way. Just to let you guys know. It's, it stands out, uh, you know, as good as any college logo. So this is it's just really really creative, and the eagle stands out pretty well. Yeah, yeah, the eagle is awesome. Um, just we want to represent, uh, you know, the United States, uh, you know, America. So the eagle was it kind of easy, an easy thing to fall in there as far as how we were trying to represent. And um, and and this was, was another area where we got guidance from the WNFC as far as our logo was concerned, and and what they thought you know would look best or whatever. And we followed their guidance and finally came up with what we had, uh, what we have now. And everybody everybody loves it. Everybody because um, Todd really designed our helmet scheme and everything and. Our helmets, I mean, I've heard people say our helmets were the best helmets in the league, and I don't know. It just, um, it, I don't know. It was, it was just awesome how it all kind of fell together, and um, and Coach Ty put a lot of work into the design himself, so. Coach you're Ty, right, uh, the scheme, it, you're right. the coloring, it looks great on the uniform, so shout out to you for 
you know, presenting it out there. And it, I mean, when you look at that Avenger uniform, I mean, it's it, it's it's bold. It's clean and bold, but it also says, you know, we're here. Yeah, right. Coach Todd, what were you going to say? I was just saying, you know, how as we were starting and, and marching along and uh, how things just kind of fell into place, you know, just like the yeah. you know thing, the things that happened to us that forced us this way, you know, down this road. And uh, we had talked about it a long time in the past, a long time ago in the past, and, and how things just, it's like it was meant to happen the way it did, the colors, the mascot. Uh, you know, the Eagle, along with the Avengers logo, you know, all of that stuff. It was, it, that part wasn't the struggle at all. How did you sit down, Coach Todd, about the helmet Kim is mentioning here? Did you go over it, like, and, you know, just over and over and over, or did you, you know, just, you just wanted to get some sort of a color scheme or anything like that? Well, I, you know, being in football for so long, I've seen so many neat ideas. Um, and I don't know. It was just I had this vision of what I wanted it. I wanted it to be distinctive, number one. Number two, I wanted it to be different, um, and I wanted it to be something that, you know, all Avengers, players, staff, coaches, fans could be proud of. Um, and with the help of the, like like Rocky said, with the WNFC, it, it was an easy process. I mean, it was something we went back and forth several times, you know, probably – Rocky said three times. It's probably six or eight times until um, we finally got it all like we wanted it. But whenever we hit on that helmet, what it looks like, we all knew it. That's it. That's what we want, you know. Now, the uh, red, white, and blue really stands out uh, in terms of the color scheme. Uh, you add the WNFC uh, shield and the Adidas shield, Man, does that take it to another level, guys? Absolutely. It's just like it's meant yeah. to be, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I saw that, yeah. uh, I mean, it was clean, bold, and it's front and center, and it's uh, it's 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 a simple it's a simple uh, uni, but at the same time, it's very impactful. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for saying that. Um, it's uh. I was I was pleasantly surprised, and I think uh, Coach Todd probably too, but how much reaction we got out of our uniforms um, and our helmets. And um, I think that, you know, like Coach said, it was meant to be uh, everything that's happened to us over the past couple of years, three, three years maybe. Um, that's what brought us together and brought our heads together and brought our experiences from the past together, what, we're, what we should do, what we shouldn't do, and then – we actually weren't afraid to lean on the WNFC and ask questions and, and get their guidance and, and the things that we needed because they also have tons of experience, uh, a lot of years be, behind them um, in in the sport. So um, I'm just – I'm happy that we went the direction we went, we've gone in, and the colors that we chose, the mascot that we chose, everything is really, really falling into place for us, and I'm grateful for that. All right. Um, Logistic-wise, Coach Jones, is it is it better this way that you have the websites almost look identical or professionally? Where in the past we had social media one way, each team doing their own thing, and there was no structure. It just it just seems more 
um, streamlined is the word. Do, do you agree with that? you agree it's, it's a more streamlined? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh... – yeah, that's probably why things go so well. I think we think a lot alike with the leadership with the WNFC and how they want things done. It, it uh, you know, it's 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 similar thought process of what we have, so it makes it easy. I agree with, and when we don't agree, we uh, we talk it out and and uh, come to a reasoning, you know, an understanding of what why and what they're doing. They're they're like everybody else, but you know, they have a rhyme and a reason for what they do. So. Um, it was refreshing. Uh, I totally agree with that, with the social media, the way they want it to look, the, the websites, you know, because you go on the NFL websites, it's the same way. You know, it's it's a template that every team uses. And, and uh, so you know what you're looking at. It's, it's part of a, a professional organization. Now, Kim, uh, we've never had this before. Now you have a one-destination one link that you can send, you know, inquiries, business interests. You set it right there. You got a home tab, home page. You got the teams from the league. You can watch games from your previous season. You got the schedule that's going up there. You even have a fan shop, which we've never had a central fan shop since I've been covering the sport in any league. It's always been kind of like go here, go to this third party, go to that party, whatever. Now it's, it's nice that you go to the fan shop, and it's literally, you know, Adidas right there, front and center. You know what the brand oh. is. You know what it stands out. Um, I, I think, you know, I can't say enough. I think the word is refreshing, right? I think if I have to say it again, it's it's the fact that it's there. Oh yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely refreshing. I mean, that it it goes back to the um, what we were talking about earlier, where the structure that the WNFC has has put in place, they've elevated everything. Every detail, um, everything that they do is has been elevated compared to anything else that I've ever experienced. And and talk about the fan gear. You go to the the website and you order your fan gear. It's authentic gear. Like you look at the tag, and, and you know when you order NFL gear, you look at the tag, and it's authentic uh, NFL gear. The same for the WNFC. It's very well made. It's um, there's not any shabby products that they're putting out there. Um, this is all this is the real deal. This is professional, and um, and and you know if you want to be considered professional, like Coach Todd said, you gotta you gotta walk the walk initially, um, and 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 get there eventually in the end to achieve to achieve that goal. Coach Todd, uh, in the past. We never had the opportunity to say, tune into this this weekend and, and watch. Now every player, every athlete in this league can do that to a family member, friend, community, and say, watch me this weekend, which is really cool because in the past we used to have, you know, here, here's, here's YouTube, here's Vimeo, here's all these other things, and we never had an, a, you know, a, a streamlined method for people can do to get excited about. And now – uh, you know, with Vire and Score 58, I mean, you got family members, everybody in the community that can dive into each game and really get involved with the franchises. Right. Watch every game, anywhere you are, um, everything professionally done, highlights, all the good stuff. Everything that every football player um, ever dreams of um, is at our hands now. And that's – it's exciting. It's refreshing. 
Uh, I know it's taken a lot of work behind the scenes to get this, to make this happen and, and those people to believe in what we're doing, to make this kind of commitment, this kind of investment in us. Um, that's exciting. And, and that's just the start of it. You know, that's the, that's one of the first uh, pieces to fall. Um, and there'll be many more behind it. You know, people are starting to see what kind of product we have, um, the competition, the talent. Um, we play at a great time of year when there's not really going on. People love football. And uh, you, you mentioned the men's leagues and stuff. You know, you, you watch the NFL, you watch the Division One college football, watch men play. I mean, you um, football football. That's great. But the women side of things is an untapped market, and I think that's the uh, that's the next big sports uh, marketing thing that's going to be coming. You know, that's uh, like I said, the untapped market. The next domino to fall. Uh, Kim. Uh- you, you're, you're a historian. You've been with the IWFL back in the day with all these other leagues that have come and gone. Um, what was your thought when Jenkins branches out and go best to the West, and all of a sudden here we have the WNFC surfaces with her behind it? What was your thoughts? You've you know, you known Odessa for a long time. I thought, uh, finally, <laughs> finally somebody's doing it. Um doing it the what I felt was the right way. Um, the way the business model, the way that she structured it, um, the way that, you know, we she you have to be invited to come into the WNFC. I think that's excellent. Um, and her her plan to build on what she has now. Uh, just the way she's doing it is what I've always thought. Um, a lot of it, I haven't thought of everything. A, a lot of it, I thought as as how it should be done. Um, I was just waiting for someone that had the the vision and the and and the the serious the seriousness of really wanting to build this thing for the players and the coaches and the owners. Um, and that's a that's a big deal. I mean, and, it, and she proves it by. You know, she doesn't ask us uh, for any money, you know. We don't have to pay her to play. So um, that, to me, is a big deal. And I'm not bashing anybody, but in leagues in the past, we always had to pay a lot of money, and we got a schedule. And that was about it. Um, and so it's very refreshing to see the the way she flipped it and turned it around and done it the way I feel like is is the right way to do things. I mean, everybody makes mistakes, and and but you you learn and grow from your mistakes. And she's done it the best way, better than anybody else I've ever seen throughout my whole career. Coach Jones, uh, you've done business before. You had businesses. You, you you're obviously involved with business. Uh, to your point earlier, there, there's got to be a scale, right? You, it's a startup mentality, and then you got to build it to a foundation. Uh, do you feel that this is it? We're at now at year two, some sem, semi-foundation. I mean, it's not solid to a, to a point yet, but it is somewhat in, on good ground so far, right? Oh, absolutely. I think we are uh, what they've done and what we uh, have been a part of, building a strong base you know, a good footing for everyone to stand on and, and know what's expected. And, and like you said, 
another year under the WNFC belt, uh, you know, are getting our first year uh, out of the way is, is going to make it easier, you know, our brand to sell our brand. And that's what we all got to do. It's a business. You know, what we have is a business. Each owner has to embrace their team as not a football team as much as it's a, it's a business uh, and go out and get those investments. Um, we got, it just makes it all the way it, the way it's all set up, the way it's all being run, it makes it easier to sell our brand. All right, Kim, uh, the WNFC athletes that I've talked to, you know, messaging and on the air and things like that, they understand the uh, importance of them to showcase a amazing product on game day. So I think that is a bonus because in the past, I don't think every athlete in their, in, in their mind thought that they had to put their best on every game. And now, you know, year one, year two here, I really think everybody in this league in terms of the rostering, the athletes, uh, all the athletes understand that too. And I think that's a, a great thing to have because they know that in order for it to succeed, uh, they're the ones that have to get the fans in the stands, in other words, uh, based on their excitement on the field. Oh, absolutely. And I hope, you know, that, I hope that everybody recognizes the fact that yes, you have to put your put your best foot forward. Um, you can't just show up. Um, you have to work in the off season. You, you're an athlete. Um, we're athletes, so and, and you're an athlete year round, not just certain parts of the year. And if you don't put your best foot forward, um, we just talked about this just a while ago. The game has been elevated. Um, that means the athleticism is elevated as well. So if you don't take it seriously and you don't treat this um, um, professionally like you want like you want to be treated, um, then you're going to get left behind. And I think everybody, um, I, I think everybody is starting to see that now. So it's a, it's so really Jones, exciting. Uh, I mean, it's, it's where it's where we want to be. It, is that a conversation? Uh, you know, when you recruit, is that going to be a conversation where you recruit the commitment, the 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 passion to you know represent and the Avenger Shield, represent it? You think that's going to be going yeah. forward is where people are really going to start to see like this is just a not recreational where I, I just want to play and that's it. This is more of a serious mode. Absolutely. I mean, it, we already have that conversation with our players. Um, it's uh, I, I, I've always felt that way. But we we already have that conversation where you have to be committed, you have to be an athlete. I know we all realize that we have jobs, and and some people have jobs and school, or uh, jobs, kids, and school, jobs, spouse, kids, and school. You know what I mean? Everybody's got a mm-hmm. lot. We don't get to just oh, yeah. play football, live, breathe, and eat um, football, but. At the same time, right now, you've got to figure out a way to always be in shape, to always be working for your goal, to always be building, and to be the very best athlete that you can be. So when you do step out on the field, you're putting the very best product that you can out there. I agree. Um, and, and Kim, you, you know best than anybody else. I mean, you're a long-tenured uh, athlete. You know, you're, you've been obviously around for a long time in terms of the, the sport itself. Uh, the changes and everything that's come up. So 
Um, that's the reason I wanted to bring you guys on to kind of tell your story about, you know, where you're at, where we, where we were, where we're at now, and uh, where we're going to be in 2022. So it's really nice that, for you guys to make the time for us on that. Um, uh, uh, Coach, uh, what do you say to Avenger fans for 2022? Um, you know, what's, what's it going to look like here, or do we even have an idea so far? Um, excitement. Um, you know, got a good core group of uh, players, good staff, uh, and we'll just continue to improve on what we started, um, add in some new players, and uh, try to do things in a matter that's, you know, it's entertainment. So when the fans come to the game, um, they're, uh, they want to come back. They're enjoying it. And that's, that's what we aim to do. I think that's a great message. Um, also, the fact that, um, you know, when you recruit and bring in the players, uh, I think a lot of it has to be to where, you know, this is a different league in a lot of ways, not to take away from any other league that's been in place in the sport because it, this is we've gotten here because of that. But at the same time, uh, I mean, it, it, it really boils down to professionalism and elevating that up to another to another level is really awesome. So I applaud you guys for – the, the branding, I think it looks awesome. Uh, the unis look very bold and exciting, and I think a lot of you know fans in Florida are going to be excited to see what you guys are going to be able to do and bring, uh, you know, in terms of competition to the Atlantic Conference. So, Coach, you know, uh, you know, everybody wants the big dog, which is also the uh, head of this league, and to take that down, that would be awesome, don't you think? Well, I agree. I mean, they set the standard. Um... You know, for how things should be done on the field, you know, the way they run the practices and um, the professional, the teaching that they do with the players, uh, the standards they hold them to, um, that is the standard. You know, and they go in the championships, there's a reason for all that. So that is a standard by which we all um, aim to, to be at one day. So. Um, they didn't just show up and, and do that. It took a lot of work for them to build that into that where they can play for those championships and win those championships. And uh, you know, we all have to do the same thing. If that's what we want to achieve, we gotta we just got to keep grinding. Yeah, I think this is really awesome. Um, Kim, there's two different things before we go. There's a Pacific uh, Conference and the Atlantic Conference. Bragging rights on either side. Uh, it was pretty cool to see, you know, highlights of the nine cup weekend uh, to me, it was more like, you know, from just a media perspective, it was really more like a conference. Did you see it as a conference at that point? Like the, the event itself in Dallas? As a conference? Like a no, big conference. I mean, like a gathering. People tell me it was really exciting know, to see all these things happening at one time. Yeah. I, I didn't really see it as a conference. I mean, I, I, I saw it as a guy, I saw it as a championship weekend, right? It was, um, and there's a lot of things that come along with that. You have the championship game, you have the all-star game, you have you have fan festivities, you have um, there was some there was flag football, um, and it was, I mean, when I think of a conference, I think of you know something different, but. Um, it to me a champ, it was a champion it was truly a championship weekend um and we got to we got to mingle amongst champions um and and to me you talk about the conferences um 
you know, us being in the same conference with Texas, Atlanta, Alabama, Mississippi, Washington, I'm glad because I want to be um, – I want to be amongst the top dogs because that's going to elevate me. And so, um, you know, I, the the weekend the weekend that we were in in Dallas, uh, I I looked at it just as it was a, a championship weekend where I could um, I could learn and grow and I could see how things should be done. You know, really awesome. And then San Diego, really, what what a run by San Diego, Coach Jones at the end there, taking down Utah, Vegas. And then uh, ultimately getting to face the Spartans. So, so what what an outstanding run for them in 2021. Yeah, I think uh, that was you know you used the word refreshing. It was not only refreshing; it was encouraging. Whenever they beat Utah, because I don't think anybody in the league expected that. You know, because Utah is a really good number one organization, but they're a good yep. football team, well coached, good players. So I. I know I was like everybody else in the league. They were, we were shocked. I was shocked that, that they actually beat Utah. But what that did is it showed everybody else in the league that, hey, you know, keep grinding, keep working, because it could be you next. It could be us. Why not us, you know? It was a really nice run. Uh, great championship final, uh, you know, and, and so uh, San Diego, I'm pretty sure, is already back at work, as they say. Getting getting ready to go back to you know and get get their prize. So uh, thanks, Kim, for making the time. Coach uh, Jones, thank you again for making the arrangement to make the time here. I wanted to bring you guys on uh, to give you guys your shout out and uh, the award, the ownership of the year for the WFC 2021. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see what we expect for the Florida Avengers in 2022. Changes in terms of roster and the opportunity to compete for the nine cup in 2022 coach Jones is it's, it's already here, right? Off seasons. It's already here for that. <laughs> yep. yep. It, it, it's here. You're right. All right. So Kim, uh, coach Jones, thank you very much for coming in. I really appreciate it making the time for us today. And then uh, looking forward to you guys in terms of your changes. And uh, once the schedule comes out to see what the rival rivalries are going to look like, but uh, overall, a successful season for you guys in 2021. Looking forward to that 2022 excitement in uh, Jacksonville. Thank well, you so thank much, you so much for, for having us. For having us on. Uh, thank you for you know what you guys do for women's football. Um, it's really nice to have someone uh, doing what y'all are doing. Appreciate that, Coach. Uh, keep grinding uh, and uh, go Avengers. Is that the hashtag now for 2022? <laughs> hashtag Go Avengers. <laughs> thank we'll, you very we'll much let you know. that's coming yep. <laughs> All right. thank you so much have a good night guys you too alright you too alright let's uh, bring in uh, the backseat coach uh, Mark Simone Mark uh, hashtag go Avengers I think that's what's going to be for 2022 sure you know um, they have the right attitude you know they're, they're taken away uh, what they're taking away from their first season um is you know why not us why can't we um you know continue to get better and you know maybe you know climb the ranks and reach that championship game and that's you know that's the key thing you got to take away from your first season and and uh, uh they did a great job they had a, an excellent first season 
the unis, I mean, Kim, I mean, I don't know what happened there, but uh, they look pretty slick, and they look pretty nice. So uh, hats off to them for the unis. Pretty awesome. Absolutely. I, I think the Avengers is a good team name, and um, haven't seen it a lot. So uh, kudos to them for um, picking up on that and um, and running with it. Yeah, and it's a really uh, good logo, too. The The logo's really well done. I think it's probably one of the best logos in the WNFC in, in that sense. Um, and, and it just stands out pretty nicely. So looking forward to see what they'll do in the Atlantic Division. Uh, Kim's been, you know, playing this sport for so long. Now she's going to be with the headsets. Uh, it's a totally different animal, but I'm pretty sure she's going to weather through that and uh, with Coach Jones and uh, put a, a really good product right there in Florida for us to be proud of as well. And uh, watch out, Avengers. Like I said, go Avengers 2022. So maybe they'll use the hashtag on Instagram. We'll see. So, Mark, um, pretty awesome, exciting news. Uh before we came in this weekend, we had no bombshell news, and then we get a bombshell news, and uh, I don't know what you know what it would have happened here, but WFLA uh, ownership, uh, She Beverage Company, uh, under F, uh, SEC uh, SEC uh, inquiry. So uh, I know we're you know we're diving into it, we dove into it a lot. There's uh, we don't know what's going to happen with the outcome. But, you know, normally when the, uh, when the Security Exchange Commission comes after you, there's usually a reason they come after you. So we're hoping that this is something minor and not something transitionally a major change. But I read the, the you know, the court filings, and there's some obviously shady things that happen there with uh, funds. So one of the things that obviously the uh, Securities Exchange Commission is going to look into. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty big news, um, certainly – uh, a very impactful uh, re- report uh, from, you know, to hear that the uh, Security and Exchange Commission are investigating the practices of She Beverage Company as related to um, selling shares of their company and um, uh, without doing their uh, proper paperwork, due diligence. They're not um, uh qualified to sell shares in the way that they did. Uh, also some questions about what they did with the, the uh, investments that they took in, um, something like $15 million of investments, according to the report, um, allegedly not being used in the manner that um, they told investors they would. So, so that's a pretty big deal. Now, of course, we don't know how this might impact uh, the WFLA, um, um, but it, you know the the two businesses seem so closely, um, I guess, integrated, right? Um, so you know we have to expect that there's going to be um, some impact on on the league. Um, the teams and the people who are involved in it. Um, in fact, you know, some other things have already happened and, um, with with some of the, the people in the league, which I'm sure you also, um, you know, announced on on the hub. Uh, and so, you know, we're just kind of 
there's not much happening, you know, uh, outside of that report. We're not hearing too much, but certainly it doesn't, I, I feel like it doesn't look very good for the future of, of that league. Um, it, it does, it, it seems like there's, <laughs> there's going to be too many problems to move forward. That's just my opinion. So we, to be fair, we did reach out to, uh, the commissioner of the WFLA, Brian Shelby, and he did say that they were going to do a formal announcement based on that investigation as to whether uh, Cheap Beverage Company directly will affect the WFLA in, in terms of its 2022 launch, official launch. So we're still we're going to be waiting for that announcement. We did reach out to him. He did respond and said that they were obviously going to put out some sort of uh, uh, announcement regarding what was uh you know mentioned within the company of the cheap beverage company cheap beverage company basically uh the owner lupe rose and her partners are obviously the same people that are invested into like you said mark the wfla so there's going to be uh concern there if you're an athlete in the league uh one of the athletes in the league the number one paid player uh that was announced back in 2019 santia deck uh, with a day after, within 15 hours or so after that, she decided to part ways with the WFLA, which was kind of shocking in that sense. So maybe she knows something that we don't know, Mark, but she did announce it on Instagram. We did obviously share it on our, at the Hub. Uh, right. Um, it, uh, you know, I guess maybe, you know, surprising isn't really the right word. But uh, she took very, very swift action. If, if it indeed was related to that report, um, she certainly moved very quickly. Now, you know, I don't know for sure um, how much of her, her contract was actually paid to her. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just speculating here. I, I don't think they just gave her, you know, a million dollars. I'm pretty sure that contract was... Uh, meet it out over time, um, you know, and based on, you know, certain deliverables or whatever. And certainly she, as a, as a personality, really as a, a sports model and spokesperson, um, you know, promoted the WFLA, promoted she beverage, um, but she also established her own uh, shoe company, so, and, and she's just very uh, an active person, her own business interests. And so I can certainly see um, if she wants to protect her own business interests um, by parting ways with the WFLA. To me, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, it just seems that... And bit, I think it, um, as an influencer uh, as well, uh, I think as an influencer, that's, that's a big deal, right? Because it, it affects your, your internal... That really is a, uh, a thing that obviously has to be dealt with. So it's really impressive, I guess, in some ways to say, you know, independent businesswoman, and now she's decided, to, hey, maybe this isn't something for me any longer, and maybe she doesn't want to be involved with that any longer. And based on success that she's having with other uh, entities that she's created, maybe it's a situation where she just parted ways. So she decided to part ways officially on Instagram, and she did post that. And it's right there at the hub. So let's bring in Mackenzie in here. Uh, the Salty One returns to the Gridiron Beauties Blitz podcast. Uh, Mac, we're just talking uh, WFLA news and 
Uh, Santia Deck obviously partying way to the WFLA based on the uh, SEC inquiry that is being uh, done with Chief Ebert's company. You know, I'm I'm kind of glad that we're peeling this back like an onion, Oscar. You know, because we all of us, you, me, Mark, Nate, you know, everybody in our podcast crew has been uh, kind of speculating on what's going to happen with this, just because you know we haven't really seen or heard much from the WFLA. So it's it, it's interest. It's like it's intriguing to me, but it's not intriguing to me if that makes sense. You know, it's very it's very much so. Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess I guess it is more or less just intriguing. Like it's not shocking. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. It's, it's intriguing and not shocking, you know. Um, just because, you know, they were scheduled to have their debut season May of this year. And we've been talking about that since mm, twenty nineteen, twenty twenty. You know, in their their first you know, their day their their Inaugural season was supposed to be May of this season, and that didn't happen. The one, so the it, one thing that for us, it kind of sounds of like promise. just a bunch of empty promises. Yeah, the one thing that we saw on uh, to your point right now, the one thing we saw on a lot of the group boards was the fact that there was no football logistics in place anywhere. There's like a couple teams that had already existing, you know, like the teams over on the East Coast that had their own structural place. But the actual franchises that were originally pitched were nowhere to be found either in a trademark filing. They were nowhere to be found in a business um, business uh, structured mode. Um, there was no football logistics. This was supposed to be a, a you know a football league. Um, so there was a lot of questions that went with it to question it. And I think that's one of the things that I don't know if they realize that that you know a lot of people did realize that ahead of them and. Her pitching out, you know, all these things, uh, you know, college thing, uh, pitching out all these uh, extra things, you know, the, 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 the network that was supposed to be built for this, the, the, you know, all, all these things that came about and never matured. So a lot of people started to just really doubt it. And I think that's the word that we're at right now. We're doubting it. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, it's not the case. But if it is the case, I mean, when you get the Securities Exchange Commission coming after you, uh, that's usually not a good sign. Yeah, normally not a great sign. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going to say like 97% of the time, not a good thing. <laughs> so, you know, In so fact, I, we, we right did bad. reach out. It's just downright a bad thing, Oscar. And no, exactly. And we did reach out to the commissioner, and apparently they're supposed to be, uh, he was inclined and he was kind enough to respond to us, and they are supposed to put out a statement. Uh, hopefully, I don't know, in a couple of days from today or maybe once they realize what it's all about and then realize whether they're going to put the league on hold again for another year. Um, so I feel bad for the athletes that were anticipating a 2022 launch. We don't know if that's still going to be the case. So uh, like I said, until the, they come up with something different at that point. So we'll go with one bad news that was just literally bad. So if you're like an international player wishing to come to the States to play in this this league that was supposed to pay you, uh, that dream has been put on hold. I guess that's the word that we want to use right now. So it's been put on hold. Um, So let's go to the other one. Uh, Mark, WNFC, Vire Network, five-year media agreement worth about $1.5 million. So we got to applaud uh, the WNFC going through 2026. Pretty cool. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's great, you know, to hear any kind of long-term agreement uh, between, you know, uh, a league and uh, an established, you know, media company or entertainment company like that. And it, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't even, I don't even know how the valuation of that, you know, is determined. But to me, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter if, if the deal holds through and both sides um, deliver um, unto each other what is expected and they're successful, you know, that's going to be, you know, that's, that's worth its weight in gold. It's like, that's worth more than a million dollars to know that women's football will be televised for, you know, every game in that league. Um, accessible on the buyer network for, you know, five to six, seven years, you know. Um, so what, however they value, you know, the valuation of that goes, doesn't really matter. It's the length of the agreement that um, really impresses me. Of course, we have to take these things with a grain of salt because we never know what the future is going to hold. The WNFC had uh, a similar exclusive um, rights agreement with U2 America channel um, before the pandemic. And, you know, that didn't work out. Um, obviously, the, the pandemic, like, interfered with with that. Um, but so I, I'm just saying, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great deal, and um, it's a big deal, and hopefully um, – the dominoes fall, you know, one after the other, and, and they can make sure that they see that deal through to its completion. And at the end, you know, maybe something bigger and even better um, will precipitate out of that. Um, Mackenzie, you as a player, I mean, this is this is a good news. You know, it runs five years, begins in 2022. Uh, the CEO uh, Lamar say of the Vire Network says this is a huge step in the right direction for not only women but the sport of football, television, equality as a whole. Soon the pipeline from youth football to college to a professional tackle career will be a clear path for women as it is for men, unquote. So uh, Vire, as anything, is growing, and why not grow with something that's trending? And this is a trend now that's going to go forward, so they want to be front and center and the front runners to showcase it, which is awesome. Well, and that's what I'm saying is, like, you know, and I'll be the first to admit, like, I was doubtful of the WNFC because I was, you know, I was playing for another league. You know, and you, you, you know, people fear what they don't understand. And that's exactly what's happened with the WNFC as far as, like, you know, them now being one of the, you know, one of the top pinnacle um, leagues for women's football or football in general, rather. We, like, what we need to stop doing, we need to stop genderizing everything. Like, that's the thing about the WNFC is, yes, there may be a W in front of it, but we are football players. It doesn't matter if it's WFA, WNFC, IWFL, you know, WXXSL, HEM, you know, all the other letters in the alphabet. The fact of the matter is the sport of football doesn't need to be genderized. And that's what Fire Network has done with, you know, giving, I guess, partnering with, the WNFC for that five-year, that five-year tenure media contract. Uh, you know they're investing in the sport. 
they're investing in the fact that there's a completely different side of the game that people aren't used to. But now with this media agreement, they're going to have to get used to it. Yeah, the good thing about it is that it's, it's got a big reach. They're, they're, both sides are in their infancy in terms of growth, which is spells well for them. So the WNFC TV will become an official channel on Vire Network under the Vire Sports umbrella, broadcasting games, player highlight shows, and more. So that's going to be forthcoming. Um, so it's going to be great. It's, they're going to get, obviously, uh, streaming broadcast, marketing, and highlights for every WNFC team. So it's never been done before. Uh, and, if, you know, God willing, 2022, if every game once again is streamed, uh, that's going to be historic uh, for the sport again, once again, uh, to have every game streamed in, in terms of the Vire Network. So really, really awesome. So 2022, five-year commitment begins in 2022 for the WNFC all right, uh, Mackenzie, let's figure this out. Uh, in Stockholm, uh, we got uh, basically Vasteras against Stockholm. That's going to be where the uh, the finals there are going to start in about two weeks. But uh, in Orobro, 14-14 uh, clash, they ends up in a tie in Sweden. And Jenkopi, uh, uh, me and Mark talked about it last week. They weren't they weren't looking very good, and so you know, hats off to them for, you know, taking on Orbro 14-14 in a tie. That's how it ended. Well, and so the last time you and I had spoke about this, we both said that it was going to be an interesting game. You know, whether – we, we weren't quite sure. Our speculations were basically that it was going to be a defensive battle, and, and sure enough, that's what it was, especially ending in a 14-14 tie. I know the, the last couple of years that we've talked about this, uh, talked about this matchup, it's been, you know, once I did, you know, either way, it's not been that close of a setup. So I, I'm, I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised at the same time. Mark, uh, Orbro uh, hasn't played too well in the last two weeks. And here it is uh, the Spartans take advantage of some of the injuries. You talked about the line, maybe having issues. And uh, here we are a 14, 14 tie. And, uh, you got shout out to the Spartans for coming out and and making a game out of it. Absolutely, I mean it's always kind of crazy to see a tie in football, um, um, but unfortunately a tie, you know, was not enough to uh, help John Coving stay in the race. And the Black Knights are going to reach the Super Series final, but they're they're not heading to the final in the way that that they want. Um, uh, if there's anything surprising about the matchup, it's 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 really how um, I don't want to say bad, but you know how um, the Black Knights are, are looking pretty flat right now. Um, you know, even with uh, Tormenten under center, and and she did score a touchdown uh, in that game, um, but their offense was not looking very strong. Uh, they only had one good drive in the in the first half and quite frankly they're kind of lucky to come out with uh a tie because the spartans were driving at the end of the game uh but they just ran out of time and it ended in a tie game so um heading into the finals against uh carlstad um the black knights look like they're in a little bit of trouble added uh laurel pecanian and janika Nikander from helsinki just to put more more pain to the to the Black Knights. So that that week one win, Mark, 
really is at this point is way back in the day. <laughs> they got to really, really show up for the final at this point. It's ancient history now, isn't it? It is. Uh, that surprise of week one was kind of weird in that sense, but here we are. Uh, Czech Republic, Mark, uh, Prague Black Cats, 38-6 to six over the Harpies. So Harpies now 2-1. and one. Black Cats get the revenge, uh, you know, a rubber match basically coming back 38-6. to six. Uh, We're going to get Brno versus Warsaw coming up here on the 26th. So in terms of the Czech scene, uh, you know, Prague looks pretty good so far. Uh, Brno's picking up some steam, and I don't know if the Warsaw is going to have enough to, you know, Warsaw fans are going to have enough to beat Brno, but we'll we'll see. Stranger things have happened so far. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a three-way uh, race here, um, and we'll see. We'll see. You know, it'll be a couple of weeks before we see Brno take on one of these teams from uh, Prague. But uh, uh, two teams at two and one: uh, the Black Cats and the Harpies with uh, Amazon's breathing down their neck. So um, it's just getting started there in Czech Republic. It's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun down the stretch. All right. Um, Mackenzie, uh, in the Netherlands, the Dutch scene, the, Q, the Queen's Football League week two, the Hague Scorpions, they, w- they went out 19-12 against the Eidenhoven Valkyries. Uh, uh, first game for the Valkyries in, in this league. Uh, very competitive, 19 to 12. So shout out to them for you know putting up 12 points and not getting blown out in their first game. So uh, the Scorpions do get the victory, 19 to 12. You know, I did I did end up being able to see some of that game last week, um, and I'm you know and I'm not surprised that the Valkyries were able to score or I guess put up points like they did. You know, granted, like I said the last time we all talked about. You know, our, our international sisters over there, you know, in the Netherlands and everything. You know, it, it's always a tight competition with them. And anytime that you, you know, you add a new team to a new league, especially with the Valkyries having came from the other side of the Netherlands to play, you know, in, in the Queens League now, um, I'm not surprised that they that they were able to put up points, but I knew that they weren't going to be able to pull the upset like I had them. I definitely had them pulling the upset, but I knew it was it just wasn't going to happen just because, you know, very first game, brand new league. You know, it's, it's the new team syndrome is what I like to call it. And, Mark, uh, the other game, the Amsterdam Cats, the edge, uh, Rot- uh, Rottenham, 18-12. to 12. Uh, So start off the season here. Uh, next week we're going to have the Wolverines, uh, 1-0, and taking on the Hague, 1-0, and which is going to be pretty awesome uh, week three matchup. Yes, and, you know, if if the scores of these three previous games uh, indicate anything, it's going to be a tight matchup. And I've been very impressed. It looks like, you know, there are six teams playing uh, this year in the Queens League, and uh, none of these games have been won by more than seven points so far. So there seems to be a bit of parity in the league. So this looks like it um, could be a, a very, very um, competitive season in the Queens League. We'll have to see how it all shakes out. But certainly uh, the Wolverines taking on the Black Scorpions, uh, two undefeated teams here early in the season, um, gives one of those teams an opportunity to sort of uh, rise to the top. We're going to get everything updated for the AFBD. You go right there to the hub. You get all the updates that happened this past weekend. Uh, Mark, let's, uh, before we let you go here, let's, let's dive into week five, a battle of undefeated. 3-0, DBL2, Ancient Vampires taking on 
the Monchanglin uh, Wolf Pack. This is going to be a great matchup, and hopefully we'll get some photos or uh, game film, you know, stream or something like that. Fit three and zero versus three and zero in the uh, Week Five showdown. Yeah, these uh, uh, seem to be the two the big kids on the block. But we've already talked um, uh, a few shows back about the Auckland Vampires. Um, they're three and zero. Uh, they've scored the most points of any team um, in in their in the league, uh, and they're taking on uh, the Munchengladbach Wolfpack, also three and zero. So this could be a preview for you know the title match. I'm not exactly sure how their playoffs are structured, but um, this is certainly uh, the biggest game of the season so far. So we're going to keep an eyes on it. Uh, you get all the breakdowns, everything that happened in the AFBD ladies football. Germany highlights right there. Wolfpack routed Shamrocks 38 to 38 to 12. And you can only get it right there at the hub. So if you weren't at the hub, I don't know what else you were doing, but you got to go to the hub. You would have gotten the latest right there, including the Queensland, Netherlands Women's League, they, the photos from the Amsterdam Cats against the Rottenham uh, Rovers 18 to 12. All right, Mark, uh, we'll dive into the international scene. We have LaFay that announced that we'll kick off in October, uh, October 2nd and 3rd. LaFay, Mexico will officially kick off, so we'll be diving into Mexico and probably in the next week or two. So thanks for coming in. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Oscar. Have a great week. Have a great night. All right, Mackenzie, there it is, uh, the backseat coach giving us the lowdown on everything international, giving us the breakdown and insights in terms of the Netherlands, uh, Germany, uh, the Czech Republic, and Sweden. So pretty cool. I love me some Mark Simone. That's my guy. He hit Between him, you, Nate Ward, Holly, Louise Bean, Chelsea, and, and, and Gabby, man, we're a solid team, you know. And it's, it's people like us, you know, that are constantly on here doing this weekly that really keep everybody in the loop. But if you're not going to the hub, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just, I mean, I guess I just don't know how many times I got to let, tell y'all, get to the hub. I mean, the, the hub is where everything's at. It's the best network on the polls. I don't know why everybody doesn't understand that. Just go to the hub. People, go to the hub and you're good. People, people, just, right, people just fail to understand that. And then they're just like, oh, I missed it. Well, maybe if you would have went to the hub, you would have understood. I've been telling you all this for how long now? Too long. Too long, Mac. Too long. All right. Uh, so, Mac, if everybody was at the hub, you would have seen Sophia Laspina score her touchdown, the first female to score a touchdown in Long Island high school football history. So, shout out to her. Kick ass. Three receptions. Plus oh, yeah. Plus the last reception. Touchdown in the end zone. What a girl. Awesome. Yep. And that's what it's about right there. She's just killing it. And now she's that's actually just, I think she has a longer season, so we'll probably end up seeing a lot more highlights from her at some point down there. And she's playing wide receiver. She's not playing kicker. She's not playing, you know, in these positions. No, she's that people a skills player. The girl. And that's the thing is she's that people, people seem to think that young girls can't play skills and that that's just not it Seriously. at all. Y'all just not pay. You're just y'all just not out here paying attention for real. <laughs> I mean that's yeah, that's really it. Like y'all not paying attention. Like you know that. I mean, take it from me. I did the same thing. I played skills when I was younger, high school, middle school. Well, nope. no, she she did a great, uh, uh, a very good route running as well. Uh, really good 
throw on there, and she got she got to the end zone and uh, helped her team win, of course. Uh, so she was the first girl to score a touchdown in Long Island High School football history. So shout out to uh, the talented Sophia Laspina out there in Long Island. Pretty cool. So if you would uh, if you go to the hub, you get the video right there. You get to see the highlights right there from the talented uh, Sophia scoring the touchdown. So really cool. All right. Um, so Mac, let's dive in here. Um, my Rams taking on TB12 this weekend. Uh, so before we start, let's get uh, Polly giving us her take this week in terms of the NFL scope. So let's go dive into week two here for Holly's Corner. Here are the most interesting results from the NFL in week two. Bears 20, Bengals 17. Andy Dalton goes down and Justin Fields goes in. Justin gets some help from the Bears defense as they pressure Joe Burrow all day. The Bengals might be regretting not addressing their offensive line in the draft this offseason. Burrow gets sacked four times and throws three interceptions. 49ers 17, Eagles 11. The Eagles come out on fire on the defensive side of the ball, and the 49ers couldn't get in rhythm early. Eventually, a blocked field goal sparks the Niners awake, and their defense gives the offense enough chances to get going. Debo Samuel continues his solid start to the season with six receptions for 93 yards. The 49ers keep pace with the NFC West, and the Eagles drop to 1-1. One Raiders 26, Steelers 17. This is another great start to the season for the Raiders, but don't they do this to us every year? Carr is on fire, much like he has been the last two two or three years early in the season, but this is the Raiders' MO. They start strong, and then they tend to taper off in the middle to late season. Hopefully this year is different. The Steelers struggle to run the ball and fall to 1-1. Cowboys 20, Chargers 17. This was a fun game, but a terrible game to watch at the same time. There were 20 penalties called between the two teams. The Chargers continue to not be able to get out of their own way, and Herbert continues to try to have to overcome those mistakes. The Cowboys ran the ball well early in the game, but went away from it, which did open the door for the Chargers. However, with some controversial calls and bad mistakes down the stretch, the Chargers were not able to take advantage. This is a very important win for Dallas to avoid an 0-2 start. Titans 33, Seahawks 30. As Henry goes, so does Tennessee. Henry got off to a slow start early, and during that time, the Seahawks took an early lead, but Tennessee stuck with it, and Henry got going and ended up with 182 yards and three touchdowns. Tennessee does just enough to get to overtime, and it gets the key defensive stop when they need it to get in position to kick the field goal. The Seahawks are starting much like they did last year, where they can throw the ball deep, but not being able to run consistently hurts them. Carson ended up with 31 yards on 13 carries for a 2.4 average, even though 8 of that was on the touchdown. That's not going to cut it long term for the Seahawks. Ravens 36, Chiefs 35. If you like offense, then this was a game for you. Lamar Jackson finally gets a primetime win against his rival Mahomes and the Chiefs. The Chiefs were able to move the ball at will early, but their suspect defense and untimely turnovers gave the Ravens the chance they needed. Kansas City needs to fix that defense up if they want a deep run again. All right, so uh, Mackenzie, let's let's dive into uh, Dallas. Uh, she said, uh, obviously it was a a penalty-filled game, but your Cowboys do get the win. Um, I was kind of, I was disappointed in Cooper because I have him on my fantasy. Didn't do much in terms of uh, you know catches and things like that, and especially with uh, Gallup out. 
But uh, overall, Dallas does get the win here. So Chargers uh, just seem like they can't get over the hump. Let's peel it back to uh, let, let, let's peel it back to week one, Oscar. I still got a bone to pick with you, sir. I don't want to peel it to um, week one because my Rams did win and Dallas did to, win. You, no, you will be fine. <laughs> you will be fine. This is look. This is the deal, Oscar. I'm the salty one for a reason. You're not about to be out here just talking about Dallas. You did get Cowboys beat like by that. two touchdowns. Just let's just say, be just to be clear, I did say two touchdowns, and so I was wrong. And what did I say? It was going to be Dallas by three, by two, strictly because of kicking. So, I'm going to need you to eat some so crow. So, let's clear air. You okay. were right. Let me just say that right Thank now. You. you were right, and I was wrong. Thank you. See, how was that so hard, Oscar? I mean, really, was that so Was that so hard to admit that the salty one was right? Oh, my God. No, it, it was not hard I to know. admit. It was just hard to, to see the outcome be that way. I just thought TV 12 Because you knew I was going to be right. You, I told you it was good. Um, the most interesting thing right, for me in right. that game. That's a thing, I you guess, know, from your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let's peel it back, though. The Chargers, I was, I was kind of <laughs> underwhelmed. I really thought Bosa was going to do a little bit more to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of just very underwhelmed. I mean, I was underwhelmed at how picky our play calling was as far as the, our blocking schemes up front. But then again, like I said, you know, as we know, Gallup's out till either this coming Monday or the Monday after, so two or three weeks uh, with that calf injury. And now it looks like we may even lose Amari Cooper um, to also a calf injury or, or an MCL, I believe. Um, so I, I can see why we're, we're doing picky and choosy calls to make sure we're doing, at this point, doing just enough to win because – Getting the W is what matters the most, not how you get there. Um, I'm I'm more or less just gr- glad that Greg Zerline redeemed himself from last week. That's what I'm I was mostly concerned about was Greg Zerline mm-hmm. redeeming himself. No, I'm because if, if he fantasy, didn't do that, I was going to lose my natural mind. If you're a fantasy football fanatic right now, uh, you're crushed because of what the news in Dallas. Because you you thought for sure. I thought for sure when I drafted you know, earlier, I thought for sure Cooper was going to just be, you know, on fire. You know what I mean? Dak Prescott back, Cooper's there. But if you're a fantasy person right now, you're crushed. You're, you're at the waiver wire right now trying to patch up and trying to look for another receiver. You know what I mean? So that's kind of harsh in that sense. But reality is what it is. Like you said, there are some things that obviously they're going to have to work through. But uh, a win is a win, and they do get the win, 20-17 uh, to 17 against the Chargers. Uh, Mac. Let's just speak a little bit about Herbert. You know, they got the they got the tools and everything. It just seems like they can't get it done. And coming this week, they get Mahomes. So I don't know if it's going to be any better. Mm, I feel like the Chargers and the Chiefs. That's going to that's going to be interesting. One. And the Chiefs are coming off you know, that uh, that one point loss against uh, Lamar Jackson. So you know they they're not going to like bow down to the Chargers at this point. However, I don't. I think I think the Chargers and Nick Bosa and, and, and Jay Herbie over there are going to have a little bit of fire underneath them, and I feel like this could get this game could get rather interesting. I guess I guess it just depends on which set of Chargers we see and which set of Chiefs we see. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's uh, Kansas City did play well, but they played uh, to the point where they were playing back and forth football versus taking control and, and staying in the lead. 
And Baltimore really needed that win after that Raider loss, and they get the win. And uh, so, you know, that's really good for them in, in that aspect of it. So, um, you know, to your point, yeah, uh, could we could, you know, maybe maybe the Chargers kid surprises this week. You know, and, and you know me, I'm I'm a girl for upsets. I love a good upset. I don't care who the team is. It could be Alabama mm-hmm. and Iowa. It could be Iowa and the Patriots. I don't care who team you are. If it's a, if there's a potential upset, I'm picking the team that that could be the potential upset. So with that being said, I'm going to take the Chargers by ten points. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, I think there's an upset here, especially after Kansas City gets uh, taken down. So there's there there's opportunity there. Um, I'm a LA guy, so AFC side. I guess we'll go with the we'll go with the Chargers trying to take down the uh, the Chiefs at this point. Um, let's talk Thursday night. So before we get you know too uh, too out of place here, uh, Carolina uh, much improved within two weeks. They get Houston, who started off pretty good. And now they have some issues going on here. So Carolina takes down uh, New Orleans of all, which New Orleans took out Green Bay. So that's kind of surprising, 26 to seven. So I, I don't know. I think it was, there, was, there was a quarterback injury there as well. So um, what do you say of the Carolina-Houston matchup here? You know, I read on 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 another hub site this afternoon, well, earlier this morning rather, that um, the Houston Texans have decided to not activate one Deshaun Watson, which I think is a horrible mistake. However. What? Yeah, they're not activating Deshaun Watson, which I feel like should be shocking and not at the same time with all the, the rigmarole and turmoil that they have going on over there. Wow. However, the Carolina Panthers did just get one Christian McCaffrey back, and sure. he happens to be my favorite running back other than Derrick Henry, so I'm kind of excited to see C-Mac well, work his magic you know, after coming off that injury. You knew. You knew that, you know, under center, there was a better place for that quarterback than New York, right? Look at New York right now, the mess that's, that that young guy is in, in in the Jets realm. So you knew there was going to be a better oh. team. Good running back, uh, a decent uh, uh, gameplay guy, not 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 having to take, a, you know, on his shoulders. There's a balanced attack there for them. So it looks really good. They come into Houston, which is Houston's a little bit beat down and, to your scenario here, no Deshaun Watson to replace there. So there's opportunity for uh, the Carolina Panthers to really get another big win here. Uh, Sunday night, Mac, Chiefs heads taking on wounded Niners. What a backfield. Uh, what a depressing situation for San Francisco. They were hoping that this was going to be a great year, and Moser goes down, and everybody in the backfield goes down. So there's opportunity for Aaron Rodgers to come home and get another win against San Francisco. So I hate the Green Bay Packers, and I hope they lose every freaking game up until, well, any other time this year. They they suck, and I don't that. like Did them. You, say you don't like they're, Green they're, Bay? They're, they're fam- yeah, their fan base is terrible, um, so it's fine. So, so you're going point, Niners? I'm just like, okay. You're going with the Hollywood. Oh, Hollywood. absolutely. Hollywood. Yeah, I'm going with the Niners, and I'm salty <laughs> that Green Bay thought that they were cool enough to beat the Detroit Lions, like, and then Aaron Rodgers is going to turn around and talk about, oh, this win is going to solidify critics getting off her back. No, it's not. You beat the Detroit Lions. That's not a game that's going to solidify critics getting off of your back. Get over yourself. If you guys didn't know her, Are you kidding me? Her, 
her irritation, you could have you could have gone through her all her group pages. But uh, yes, <laughs> Green Bay did beat Detroit. <laughs> oh my God! Let's get excited. We beat the Detroit Lions, and like that's not. I'm not taking away from the Detroit Lions as a team, but Aaron Rodgers is going to be out here. Jared Goff played pretty good. You got to give him credit at least. They played somewhat decent. So, I guess look, I was a Lions fan them. yesterday, Oscar. I really was. Like, I was a whole Lions oh fan God. yesterday, Man, and I had absolutely zero shame whatsoever. Oh, all dead. Around. dead a Lions fan for you should go look at my Facebook page. I, oh my I God. literally put, I'm a Detroit Lions fan today. Oh, my literally God. Literally put that. Just to irritate oh, Green Bay Packers fans, because I'm like the Stephen A. of the Green Bay Packers. Stephen A. hates Dallas fans. So I no hate wonder Green Bay you're Facebook jail all the time. It's just not cool. Yeah, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. <laughs> these, these fools, these cheese balls over here, just hey, go pat. Yeah, go pat. Go the hell home. Oh my God! I'm all right, to uh, deal with this. we, we are going to run out of time, so let's dive into the game that you're most interested in, which is Monday night. It's a uh, Hurts. Taking on Prescott, it's Dallas prime time. Are we going to see them disappoint us once again? Or are we going to see a close game? I mean, who's going to stand out at this point, receiver wise, for you guys? Jalen Hurts is pretty dangerous. Well, it, it, to be honest, it's not even going to be it's not even going to be Dak against Jalen. It's going to be because Dak didn't get to really play against Jalen last year. It's going to be Jalen against Ceedee Lamb. And Jalen okay. against Ezekiel Elliott. I see this. I see this game going into overtime. To be honest with you, just because we may not have Amari Cooper and we're not going to get Michael Gallup back for another week or so, so it, mm-hmm. it's going to have to be, you know, our our blocking schemes up front and the play action passes. That's how we. That's how we were moving the ball the past two weeks. And aside from the fact that you know Dak was going tip for tat with, with the, the quarterback goat himself, Tom Brady, you know, in week one, is going to be a completely different game because it's a, it's, it's a division matchup rather than, you know, just an in-league in, in uh, matchup. So it, it's going to be interesting. Jalen Hurts is a nasty quarterback. He is definitely a dual threat, and he should – he is a force to be reckoned with. I just don't quite remember who he all has as a, you know, running and receiving core. Or at least anybody that really sticks out to me. He's got some good. He's got some good uh, young prospects there. So uh, Philly could be a challenge. This is a divisional game to be, you know, up and up and up. So this is a, a must win for both teams to stay up in that division, uh, given Washington's win. Well, and it's also uh, in Jerry's playpen too. It, it's difficult to yeah. play it. Play at Jerry's playpen on a primetime sure. game. That's why I'm saying yeah. if, if that Tampa Bay game would have been in Dallas, it might have even gone Dallas's way. Um, sure. But I mean, it doesn't matter. It's it, it's like playing at Kinnick Stadium at night. Playing in Jerry's playpen on a primetime game for a divisional challenge is, I mean, it's a challenge in itself. Even being the home team, it's a challenge in itself. Like we've seen all kinds of crazy things happen, you know, for Dallas at, at the playpen when they're spo- on games that they're supposed to be, you know, dominating and they just barely win. Or yeah. you know, barely lose, you know, rather. So it's it's going to be an interesting matchup. I'm excited to see. Um, I'm excited to see it. All right, let's take uh, let's get Holly's take here for week three, and then we'll dive into a couple of those matchups as well. So here we go, Holly's uh, week three takes. Here are my top matchups to watch for in week three of the NFL: Bears at Browns. Who will start for the Bears? 
Is Andy Dalton okay, or is this the start to the Justin Fields era? Expect Cleveland to bring pressure either way. Mayfield got banged up too, but was able to return and played well last week. This would be a key win for the Browns. Chargers at Chiefs. I believe this to be a future playoff matchup. Chargers are 1-1 on one in the year, and 1-1 one on one on being the Chargers from last year. One game they executed late, and one game they couldn't get out of their own way. A win on the road here would go a long way to help their confidence with this new coaching staff. Tampa Bay at Rams. Also a probably future playoff matchup. Tampa Bay took the foot off the gas in the middle of that Atlanta game, but then accelerated late to blow them out. The Rams outlasted the Colts. A win by the Rams would be a welcome to the national stage for the Rams. Expect a lot of explosive plays and a lot of flying around on the defensive side. This should be a fun matchup. Eagles at Cowboys. This is a key divisional matchup early. Both teams are 1-1. One one. Both teams are better than last year, but both are still also flawed. Who wants to take control of that division? The Eagles have a great D-line. Can they get after Dak, or will they drop more guys into coverage? So, Mac, uh, to her point, same point you were making, you know, it's going to be one of these things where, you know, how Dallas recovers from all these injuries and who's going to step up. And it's going to be the difference in terms of whether they get another win here, and it's a big division win, especially against Philly. Like I said, it, it's going to be an interesting one. I, I see this game going into overtime, um, and then I see I see Dallas coming on top with just three points again. Not that I don't have confidence in my team to, to win more than three points, but if we can get consistent and stay hot and, and keep it through the second half, then maybe we can, you know, pull off a big, you know, big double-digit win. But with the severity of the fact that it's a divisional rival game matchup, and we're already, you know, we, we're, this is basically like, you know, conference play, you know, where this is our first division game. So, going to be interesting to see. Um, taking, like I said, I'm taking my boys as I should. But like I said, only field goal. I mean, now that Greg the Leg you know, actually got his nickname back last, you know, last week, I, I have a little bit more confidence in him, especially because he was consistent for the most part. Most I'm of the time, the, uh, you know, I mean, well, and, that, by, and he came back. By seven he, points. I'll take the Eagles by seven. I think Hurts is I feel like you're doing this. I feel like out. you're doing this to spite me, Oscar. I'm not doing it to spite you. I'm just saying you're injury prone on offense, so I don't know if you're able to recover at this point. And the ground game, Ezekiel hasn't done much. Sanders has done pretty well, and Hurts has done pretty well, and he's got legs. So I, I'm going to give the edge to Philly by seven. I think they'll just squeak by. Okay. And and and, and when you're wrong again, you're gonna be eating some more crow, Oscar. That's fine. Uh, if That's I'm fine. wrong, just, I'll be here. You're just gonna be eating crow I'm all day. I'm here and I own up to my wrongness. It's fine. I'll own up to my wrongness. But if I'm right, ha, ah, that'll be the day next week. If I'm yeah, right, well, you ain't gonna be right. So I don't, I don't know what you want from me, Cookie Lit. But you're not gonna <laughs> oh, be right. I'm gonna tell you this though. Oh, I'm gonna tell you this though. Everybody keeps saying that you know Dallas's ground game. <laughs> Hasn't yeah, been yeah. a thing, and you're correct. Dallas's ground game has not been a thing, and I feel like the only reason that is is so they can solidify the fact that Dak is completely healed from his injury. Now, right. with that being said, now that he's shown that for the past two two games, you know, going tip for mm-hmm. tat with TB12, and that you know, keeping the keeping the game hot and alive last week to you know manage the game enough to get get down to that field goal position, I feel like this is where they open up that that running game for Zeke. 
you know, because okay. people, all the critics are, you know, they're, I feel like Dallas at this mm-hmm. point has been, you know, basically trying to shut the critics up. Like Aaron Rodgers seemed, seemed, to, seemed to thought his win against Detroit was going to do. Um, only difference between us and them is the critics have actually shut up about Dak Prescott so far. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, not, I mean, not much has been, you know, been, not much has been solidified, but the fact that he has moving, he is moving better. He's got, you know, mobility, everything, all the logistics with him having been injured has all been disproven up until, you know, it's week to week basis. Like I said, now I think they open up that, that running game for Zeke. So it's going to be a good game. Yeah, that might be the difference. So that's what I'm saying. If they get the run game going with no, no passing, threat right now with uh, their playmakers out, that could be, a, a you know, obviously you have to balance it somewhere, so that could be the case. But to try to contain Hurts, uh, we'll see how, what Dallas will do. Um, I'm taking down Brady. I think Stafford needs to take down Brady to be put at the higher level. He's on the national stage. This is a must win for the Rams. And if you can take down the champs, why not? You know, I'm going to go out on a limb here because I like you, Oscar. And I have a little bit of faith in your Rams this week. I don't know why. It's probably because Aaron Donald's my guy. Love me from yep. AD. I'm going to take y'all by 10. I'm going to take I, I'm, by I'm, 10. I'm with you with the, the same thing. I think 10 would be ideal. Um, but they got a shot. And, and I think this is Stafford's moment. What do you think? This is it. You go, you're going up against the GOAT. You're in the biggest market one of the biggest markets in the NFL, this is where you wanted to be. This is the stage you asked for. Can you take down TB12? That's literally what it boils down well, to. Well, and see, and this is, right, this is exactly what we said about the Dallas game is, you know, mm-hmm. can the Cowboys put themselves on a map, which is exactly what they did. They literally lost because of Greg Zerline's kicking. And mm-hmm. I'm putting I'm putting Matty Stafford on notice. If he don't mm-hmm. at least if he if y'all lose and it's only by two points, nothing can be nothing negatively can be said about Stafford. If y'all lose and it's by the ten point margin that we've both taken for the Rams, lots of questions are going to be asked. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm and we have receivers. He's got secondary. He's got playmakers. He got the D going pretty well. So okay, we're going to leave it at that. Thanks for everybody to come in, uh, Kim Phillips. Uh, Coach Todd Jones of the Florida Avengers, giving us insights into the 2022 Florida Avengers of the WNFC. Thanks to uh, backseat coach Mark Simone coming here and giving us the insights on the international scene. And then thanks again to the Salty One for breaking down the NFL and Holly for breaking down college football NFL. So uh, looking forward to 392, Mac, and we'll see if Dallas survives Philly and if the Rams will officially take down Brady. Oscar, it's been real as always, my friend. This is what we do, you know, every week. We, we're here to, to spill the tea and give the news and information about football world over, whether it's women's international, U.S. women's USA football, college, NFL, flag, tackle, middle school, and NCAA video game. We're here for it. That's what we do here on the Gridiron Blitz Beauty Podcast, Oscar, on a Tuesday evening. Thank you, Mac, for coming in. I hope you're well, and we'll see you here next week for 392, and we'll see if Dallas can overcome Philly and see if my Rams will take down TB12. So uh, just make sure you guys are here, 392. Subscribe on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. Catch you here next week, 392. Have a great night, everybody.
is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.